And to ensure such a so-called candidate centricity, data-drivenness in our area in talent acquisition is important to simplify the process and to tailor it to the candidates. At the same time, data of the candidate journey helps us to drive efficiency and to become, at the end, um, cost-effective. So finding and hiring the right talent is a crucial part of any businesses. And in time of talent scarcity, it has become the top priority for many businesses. Project A Podcast. Hi, welcome to the Project A Podcast. I'm Rainer, Managing Director of Project A. And today I have the honor of welcoming Andrea Althaus, our Head of Talent Acquisition. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, I'm happy to be here. Before we talk about TA, I'd like to ask you our standard question. Is there a moment or a mentor that made you work in the startup world? Well, that was a mix of experiences. I moved to Berlin for my bachelor studies and the vibe of the city at the time, the creativity and upcoming startup scene inspired me all the time. It quickly became clear that next to university, there is a whole new world to explore in new digital businesses and innovations. Later, I worked as a working student in a startup at Taiwendo in online marketing. This is the portfolio company of Project A. Uh, they successfully exited. And as a fun fact to that, I applied at Project A and got forwarded to Tirendo. So after my studies, I was still inspired and I started my own business in app development. What I did for over three years before I decided not to continue with our own business I knew that I want to be again part of an ecosystem where innovative products and services are created. And also where I can apply my experiences and learnings because the core of a successful startup are the people. Okay, and actually, so when we, when we decided to work together with you on talent acquisition, the fact that you had experience in uh, online marketing as well as has been a, have been a, a founder yourself, That, that, that was very important for us um, because I think these are two very strong angles in the way you, you work here. Our topic today is data-driven talent acquisition. Uh, let's jump right in. I guess everybody knows what talent acquisition is and most people have a sound understanding of um, working data-driven, mostly in marketing probably. Please help us bring these two together. Okay, let's jump right in. At the moment, we have a high demand for talent and so candidates are spoiled for choices. This puts us in a situation where we, as the employee, have to put the candidate in the center of all our activities. And to ensure such a so-called candidate centricity, data-drivenness in our area in talent acquisition is important to simplify the process and to tailor it to the candidates. At the same time, data of the candidate journey helps us to drive efficiency and to become, at the end, um, cost-effective. So finding and hiring the right talent is a crucial part of any businesses. And in time of talent scarcity, it has become the top priority for many businesses. So referring to the development of marketing, within the last 10 years, online marketing and business intelligence has worked intensively on creating tools and approaches to optimize activities and campaigns by defining and tracking the customer journey and the conversions at the end. To bridge the gap of your question, what is the customer in the online marketing world is the candidate in our world. So as tracking the customer journey to optimize the ROI, tracking the candidate journey, journey is crucial to optimize talent acquisition. Okay, so you'd compare talent acquisition 
<coughs> with marketing and sales rather than seeing it as an HR function? No, but we are adapting parts of our processes from the online marketing logic and use it and use the same tools. So to give um, a bit more detail, let's have a look on the conversion tracking in online marketing. This is a visual part of any marketing campaigns. Informations gathered from tracking click-through rates and online interactions can help boost the ROI and increase the sales. Why? Because you are now able to make more informed choices with plenty of information which your decision is based on. In case of talent acquisition, we try to do the same thing. First, we first we define a conversion or we define what a conversion is to us. Uh, and conversion is happening for us when a talent takes a job. Like let's call it the hire. Until we hire the candidates, we have multiple touch points as well. However, they are not, let's say, easy trackable as a click-through rate. So especially during the candidate journey, we face many offline situations where we get in contact with the candidate. Such a qualitative, such like a, such as a qualitative interview, which are one of the most important steps in the decision-making process for us in recruiting. So despite making the process more transparent and trackable, where marketing practices helps us, it doesn't change the fact that talent acquisition is part of organizational building and thus part of the HR function, as we are the very first personal touch point to potential employees. So um, to add to this or put some more meat to the bone, as they say, what do you track and why? Mm, let's say there is no standard way to build a data-driven talent acquisition. It depends on each company and your goals. To speak for us, besides recruiting for Project A itself, we are also supporting our portfolio in recruiting. Since the demand for support extremely increased the last years, our goal is to scale the hiring, thus to be, become more efficient in what we are doing. One of our most important metrics is the source of candidate. We measure every channel and job link we send out. Tracking the source of hire helps us to distribute the hiring resource to the most effective recruiting channel and to the end to improve the quality of the hire. To track the candidate, um, the source of the candidate, we are using our application tracking system, Google Analytics and web tracking. Can you give an example? First, our application tracking system tracks data that shows what percentage of your overall hires entered your pipeline from each recruiting channel or source. For example, job boards, referral or our direct sourcing. Uh, we figured out that referrals are our most successful source. Around 12% of our yearly hires come from our internal network. We also found out that posting jobs at LinkedIn Premium works very good for us for business roles, mainly marketing, where errors for tech roles, other channels are more valuable for us. The second, Google Analytics. Google Analytics gives us data about user behavior on the page such as how many people visited the career page or completed the application. For our career page, we primarily use it to learn how people finding our job and to optimize the content, especially the job description. And the third, by talking about web tracking, using the tracking link for each job we post, we post allows us to find how people engage with our content, such as our social media campaigns, blog articles or podcasts. It also helps us to optimize our sourcing activities 
By testing different direct search messages, we send out to interesting profiles on LinkedIn or Xing. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then how do you handle the fact that most likely most candidates have multiple touch points? I mean, like most of them will come in because they send an application or because we approach them through direct search. True. Mm -hmm. But they are likely to have a number of touch points before we actually make the hire. Um, they'll have heard of us in media. They might actually listen to this podcast. They maybe attend an event or a job ad. They were approached through LinkedIn, etc. So how do you give credit uh, or, or to, to all these other channels? Or do you give credit only to the last touch point? Well, true, when tracking the online channel performance, either with our application tracking system or Google Analytics, we focused on the last touch points. That means the channel or website where the candidate decided to apply or applied from. However, as you said, the candidate journey usually has more touch points. For example, before we even, before a candidate even actively searched for a job, he maybe um, got in contact with us by attending a business intelligence meetup at our office, listened to a marketing talk from Florian Heinemann at the online marketing rockstars or read uh, about us in a startup news. Um, well, also, maybe he saw a job post at LinkedIn, what was shared from his network. And maybe this job post motivated the person to apply to Project A. So, as you see, or as you also mentioned, there are a lot of touch points beforehand. Mm -hmm. According to the attribution model in marketing, we better map these candidate behavior by measuring different user touch points. And therefore, we are asking the candidate during the application process, how did you hear about the job? And to add on that, we are sending a questionnaire to our employees asking about their number of touch points, as well as their first and most important touch point during the recruiting process. In our case, uh, the three most important touch points are the direct contact via LinkedIn from our recruiters, our internal network, and also our Project A web page. To add on this, uh, once a candidate applied to our application tracking system, we are tracking the entire recruiting process to analyze the exact steps until the hire, because our goal in this case is to decrease the time of hire. Um, what is another important metric for us? Okay, yeah, sure, makes sense. And so if I understand that right, so as you can't track like in a pure technical way as you can in online marketing, basically you simply ask the people, right? Yes. In order to understand which channels were relevant and when they came, okay. That makes sense. And um, this helps you to optimize the process and makes it faster without decreasing the quality. Can you give an example? Well, optimizing the process based on data and ensuring quality is not contrary. In fact, analytics increase our quality because we are able now to optimize job listings tailored to the target group and get transparency of our recruiting process. We are able to continuously improve the quality because we see which campaign gets the best conversion. Um, and how can I imagine that? To give you two examples with Google Analytics, for example, we are able to analyze user behavior on the web page. This can tell us that candidates may maybe not find what they're looking for. When we find out that we lose many candidates by reading our job description, we redesign the job description text and may reposition contents or buttons. For example, the apply now button. Mm -hmm. And of course, with the goal to lower the bounce rate in this case. Yeah. Another example where we optimized our process internally without losing the quality in the interview process was integrating videos in our recruiting process. 
We received over 18,000 applications and conducted over 700 HR interviews in 2019. In the beginning, one HR interview often lasts about 45 minutes to cover the introduction of the company, the competence check and the clarification of general facts from our side and also from the, side, from the application side. With the aim to shorten the interview but still cover all necessary facts, we are sending out now videos of, yeah, of you, Rainer, uh, and uh, you explaining how Project A works. Also, we are sending out uh, videos from the department leads explaining how the job of the candidate looks like. And these videos allow us to reduce the interviewer time to 30 minutes. We also found out in a survey that candidates do really like watching the video as a preparation for the interview. And also we know if the candidate watched the video. So in this case, creating an kind of an engaging video content during the interview process makes us faster and also has a positive effect on the candidate experience. Yeah, seems makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially when I think, for example, about uh, tech recruiting, I know that a lot of uh, tech people love to work with specific tech leads, for example. Yeah. It might have actually the bigger impact that they work with a specific environment or with specific people um, and a team rather than even the business model um, is, the, is the decisive point because they just like to build cool stuff with cool people. Um, and yeah, that, that can really help to bridge that. How about efficiency and cost? Well, this brings us then to another point, the allocation and the control of the hiring cost. One of our core metrics is the hiring spend. Calculating the cost per hire in ratio to the revenue per hire allows us to give a statement about our success, our success of a hire and also allows us to better budget the planning for similar positions. Quick question, um, revenue per hire, that makes sense here <coughs> because um, when we as Project A help our companies um, to hire, then we basically um, have that our cost covered with asking for a below market standards uh, headhunter fee. I guess internally, when you hire for yourself, you could probably also apply something like that, right? Just to understand what the value of a hire is, you could just say, let's define that as X percent of the gross salary, for example. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have the internal and external hires, what we do. And how do we track our internal hires is in, in this case a question. We simplify the calculation the same as we use the same metric internally as we do externally. Okay. Means we calculate a hiring fee per hire, but just on a kind of virtual level mm -hmm. that the company never pays out. Mm -hmm. It gives us an overview how much we would have earned. When we look at our revenue model, we are different to other talent acquisition departments. Most departments, as you mentioned, do not earn real money by recruiting for their own company. We do recruit internally for Project A itself, but also support our portfolio companies in recruiting. And in this case, our external support, we act as a recruiting agency within our portfolio. For the billing, we charge a certain percentage of the first annual gross salary of the hire. We call it the hiring fee. And so we can determine the revenue per hire, even depending on the seniority level. For example, when a Python developer starts a job with a salary of 70,000 euros per year, we charge, let us say, 13%. That means about, we earn about 9,000 euros. These 9,000 euros are our revenue, or let's say the value of the candidate. This is a very common model uh, for the recruiting agencies. Mm -hmm. 
And as I mentioned before, when we have a look internally, how we do that internally, we do it as the same. We just simplify the calculation and use it as a virtual hiring fee for our reports. Okay. So <coughs> that sounds to me very similar to the comparison of customer acquisition cost and customer lifetime value in marketing, right? You know how much you spend and you know how much you earn and by the comparison of the two, you know if you're doing well or not. The customer lifetime value is a total value that a customer can have for a company. So the total profit for the company. In our case, the customer lifetime value means the calculation of the value of a hire. And the value of a hire, as I said, how we do it at Project A, means the revenue of a hire, what I explained before. So basically, we make an assumption a candidate makes a revenue to our department only one time with a so-called hiring fee. As I said, this is a very simplified process, but it works very well for us. Yeah. Okay, got it. So, well, I mean, we have the cost side on the one side and the revenue on the other side. So our goal is it with these two numbers to run cost efficient by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. okay. Maybe to add one thing, when we are talking about simplify the process of the value of the candidate, we also track the retention of our applicants. This means we are tracking the metric, how long does an employee stays in the company, including their promotion. We could add this metric somehow to our revenue per hire. But until now, we just use the number to give a general statement of the quality of our hires. Yeah, but yes, we are um, in the middle of our journey too, by tracking and becoming data-driven in recruiting. So we're constantly working on our process and KPI tracking. The possibilities in this case are huge and we could add so much more. So it still kind of stays exciting for yeah. us. And we do have the, the, the good situation that we do have a lot of data. Um, so we can actually really like learn something from it with, uh, I think in 2020, we expect more than 20,000 applications to, to come in here and recruit all across the portfolio. So it's hundreds of positions. Yeah. Uh, so um, we can actually really do something with that. Uh, yeah, maybe to add uh, yeah. on that, a very big thank you to our marketing business intelligence yeah. department <laughs> and also on our communications department because because of the collaboration that just worked so good yeah. so far. Um, wrap up. Can you do one? Can you try to summarize everything in, I don't know, one, two sentences? Okay. Um, buzzwords now. Focusing on data-drivenness in talent acquisition, what we were talking allows us to, first of all, deep dive into the efficiency of our processes, of our recruiting processes, and increases our hiring success. This is a goal, but always with regard, and this is the most important goal from us, the candidate centricity. Okay, and if I may add, by also looking a lot left and right and basically learning from different domains such as marketing, BI, etc., and make good use of the learnings that were gathered there. Would you agree? Yes, totally. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Thanks for sharing this with us. Um, and you folks out there, I hope that you will stay tuned and listen to us again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating.